It was a it was a selling point for me to come on board at Prosha, uh, like you mentioned with with David West and his philosophy around the truly open ecosystem. Uh, to be able to build an open ecosystem requires building um, all of the scalable, integratable components, so that it's not just offering the AI that's on Concentric today. It's offering the AI that's going to be available tomorrow, uh, integrating all of the laboratory services you need today and tomorrow, uh, really ensuring that we can meet the laboratory where it is and where it needs to be. Welcome to the People of Pathology podcast. I'm Dennis Strink. On this podcast, we explore pathology, laboratory medicine, and forensic science. Today, we're going to be looking at one of the ways that AI is being utilized in pathology research. My guest is Casey Wall, Senior Project Manager for Core Platform and AI at Prosha. Casey and I will be doing a deep dive into Prosha's automated QC. We'll talk about what it does, how the AI is trained, and some of the potential benefits of this system. We'll also get a little insight into Prosha's broader vision for AI in the future of pathology. All right. Here is Casey Wall. We'll start with you and then kind of get into your role with Prosha. Now, you've been in the digital pathology space since 2019. And I'm curious, like, how you got started in this area. Well, what drew me to the field is that essentially pathology is experiencing an innovation boom. When I joined the industry in 2019, the question was often, why go digital? And I enjoyed finding the intersections between the pathology need and the digital solution to deliver against clinical and research needs at volume with quality and accuracy. But in just the last few years, the question has become, why AI? And the answer is becoming more apparent as we see artificial intelligence solutions enable pathologists to analyze cases faster and tap into new workflows to enable precision medicine. And ultimately, as the need for pathology professionals outpaces the availability, there are very real patients who are impacted by the ability of digital pathology to improve access to care. For example, when my sister was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer that was not classified by the World Health Organization until a year after her diagnosis, her case was shared for secondary opinion with a number of pathologists around the world. This digital case sharing connected her with an organization offering the experimental new therapy that ultimately saved her life. And while her survival can be attributed to the work of many doctors, researchers, nurses, and probably some luck, I was drawn to digital pathology because it's an area where technology is enabling innovative ways for pathology professionals to deliver against precision medicine for real-world patient impact. Okay, I like that. There's a lot of good points in that answer that I think we're going to cover later on. But you mentioned how there's uh, the growth of pathology is outgrowing the number of especially pathologists in the field. Uh, and that's a big problem. And I know I've talked about that a lot on this podcast, but also the use of AI, which we're going to get into later. And if that's a, a good thing or some of the pitfalls of that, but so that, that, all right, that, that was good. That, that's a good start. Now, as, as far as you kind of getting into pathology in general now, you know, like most fields, pathology has got kind of its own, language, you know, the, the jargon, the terminology and that kind of stuff. Coming into that, how did you adapt to that language? How'd you learn the language? Well, I find the most important part of learning the language of pathology is listening to the people within the laboratory. Uh, pathology is really just not a series of medical terms. It's also the administration, the demographics and geographies, the patients, the varying types of laboratories and personnel and more. 
Learning pathology needs requires understanding not just the commonalities across the industry, but also how to ensure that digital pathology serves each unique professional and organization, while still standardizing and improving data access and analysis quality. While we're on the topic, uh, the same approach of listening to people is essential to learning more than just the language of pathology. All features and products start with a discussion uh, with pathology users, and I'm always looking to understand the pain points, what workflow inefficiencies, data or analysis needs, resourcing issues, or other challenges do you and your laboratory face? Beyond that, I want to understand the organization's goals. For example, understanding if you're looking to scale your caseload, reduce operational costs, or standardize data across your organization. In understanding both the individual user and organizational goals, I can find opportunities to build the solutions that will add the most value. And so the incredible challenge and opportunity of digital pathology is to understand and serve the needs of the unique people and organizations within pathology today. Okay, so it sounds like you're the one that's directly interacting with the the people in the lab, the pathologists, the uh, the histotechs, the the administration. Is that, is that right? That is correct. Yes. What was it like to get, kind of get used to that? It's been educational. Uh, really, coming into a pathology laboratory, I think it's so critical to understand that every laboratory is unique. Uh, every every pathologist, every histotechnician has unique challenges. Uh, every administrator has unique challenges, and so learning how to not only understand all of those unique user needs, uh, but also figure out ways to standardize uh, as a product approach and then allow that to scale across various laboratories and organizations is a unique challenge today. We're not just putting out a product uh, with a one-size-fits-all approach. It's really critical to put out something that uh, works for any laboratory and can meet that laboratory where it is today and where it's going to be tomorrow. All right, now let's let's talk about Prosha then. You've been with Prosha for about a year and a half now. And uh, a while back, I think it was at least more than a year ago. Now, I spoke with David West about the culture and the vision of Prosha, and I found that very uh, fascinating. So I'm curious if that vision and that culture was part of what brought you to Prosha, or was it something else? Well, the world of digital pathology is rapidly changing with multiple key players, but Prosha demonstrated a few positions that felt unique in the landscape. When we think about what digital pathology users need to succeed in the pathology field today, we imagine the utility as a workflow efficiency and quality. But I think Prosha is looking beyond these at a scalable, truly open ecosystem where pathologists, technicians, and laboratory administrators can access both the tools and innovation, including AI, necessary to deliver precision medicine at the scale that matches the changing laboratory and patient needs. And when I say precision medicine, I want to emphasize that Prosha is focused on driving pathology's transformation across both research and diagnosis. At the end of the day, we'll only realize the promise of precision medicine when we can match individualized therapies with the right patients. That really stood out to me about Prosha's approach. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And that that kind of goes back to the conversation I had with David. Like he had, even, even he had his own kind of personal story of why this was his kind of mission as far as, you know, personalized medicine with regards to cancer. Um, so so that, that makes sense to me. Now, you're the senior product manager the core platform and AI at Prosha. So let, uh, explain to me, what does that mean? Sure. Before okay. I jump into my role, it probably makes sense to take a step back and quickly explain Prosha's product portfolio. 
Okay. So we have a core enterprise pathology platform called Concentric. And on top of that, we have two solutions. Uh, Concentric for Research is used by 14 of the top 20 pharmaceutical companies and top CROs to advance drug R&D. Concentric DX is used by diagnostic laboratories. And then there's our AI solutions like Automated QC, which we'll get into. So my role comprises two main components, core platform and artificial intelligence. Prosh's core platform is the services and functions that enable common concentric components for our research and clinical platforms, our internal AI solutions, and the expanding suite of external algorithms which are embedded in the concentric platform. Instead of just investing in individual solutions, Prosha also focuses on development of the core concentric offering to ensure that the platform can scale efficiently as the laboratory's needs change. It also allows easy integration of AI, so customers can access a multitude of AI offerings fully embedded in the concentric digital pathology workflow. Now, my role as AI product manager is to ensure that users have access to the AI innovation that meets their individual needs both today and in the future. As we see acceleration in both digital pathology adoption and the types of AI available to us, AI is an opportunity to access more functional efficiency tools than ever existed before. And beyond the workflow, we're seeing the impact of what AI can do to aid the lab for accuracy and quality in diagnostics and research. I'd also note that while core and AI components of my role are independently essential to how we deliver solutions to the market, there is a unique synergy between the two. The fact that I'm able to sit at the intersection of the core platform and AI gives me the opportunity to help Prosha capitalize on delivering a core product that is uniquely informed by advances in artificial intelligence. Okay, so then when we're talking about core platform, that basically means concentric, right? So the core platform is essentially all of the common services uh, and components that serve concentric and then also the internal AI and external AI. and. Okay. By designing a core platform, we're really designing for scale and easy integration of all of those functions and solutions. Okay. And one of the, at least it seems to me, one of the big kind of features of Concentric, uh, both for research and Concentric DX, is that it is adaptable. Like it isn't just like, okay, this is the product and that's all you get. Like you can adapt it to what happens in the future. You can add the AI modules like you were mentioning. And that's one of the big um I don't want to say selling points, but I guess that is one of the big selling points for Concentric, right? Absolutely. It was a it was a selling point for me to come on board at Prosha. Uh, like you mentioned mm-hmm. with, with David West and his philosophy around the truly open ecosystem, uh, to be able to build an open ecosystem requires building um, all of these scalable, integratable components so that it's not just offering the AI that's on Concentric today. It's offering the AI that's going to be available tomorrow, uh, integrating all of the laboratory services you need today and tomorrow, uh, really ensuring that we can meet the laboratory where it is and where it needs to be. So then is part of your position, uh, like when those when these new AI uh, modules are created by different companies, like sort of making sure they're compatible with Concentric? Is that something you're involved with? It is. Yes, it's a portion of my role. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Like you mentioned already, uh, Prosha's automated QC. Now you play a key role in in, in Prosha's automated QC, and I want to start with an overview of how that works. Because in reading about this, this sounds super fascinating, and I can see a lot of ways this would be useful. Uh, so let's kind of give an overview of automated QC. 
Sure. Automated QC analyzes whole slide images uh, generated from tissue stained with H&E, IHD, or special stains, and it identifies the image or slide quality artifacts present. So it's available on Concentric for Research, Prosha's enterprise pathology platform for life sciences R&D. That means that it's seamlessly embedded in your workflow and allows you to identify common slide and image artifacts to improve workflow efficiency and data quality in your life sciences environment. Your team will manually prep, scan, and upload slide images into the Concentric for Research platform. Those images flow to Concentric for Research, where automated QC detects and flags frequently occurring artifacts, including artifacts that occur as the result of slide preparation or scan issues. The software even identifies the tissue or slide area affected by each artifact type, allowing easy confirmation of the artifact regions, which can also be shared with downstream image analysis applications. This is the People of Pathology podcast with our guest, Casey Wall. We'll be right back. LabVine is an interactive online learning platform where laboratory professionals learn, develop, and discover by sharing knowledge and building on each other's experience. The platform provides global access to internationally accredited laboratory-specific courses and other resources developed by lab specialists like us for the laboratory industry. LabVine is free to sign up, and you can use the link in the show notes to get started. If you're trying to understand the ever-changing world of digital pathology and image analysis, there's a new course that can help you, Pathology 101 for Tissue Image Analysis. Now, this course was created by Dr. Alexandra Zhurov, who you might remember from episode 53 of this podcast. She also writes the Digital Pathology Place blog and hosts the Digital Pathology Podcast. Pathology 101 for Tissue Image Analysis aims to bridge the gap between computer science and pathology and explains some of the complicated concepts in image analysis. You can sign up for this course by following the link in the show notes. Now for the rest of my conversation with Casey Wall on the People with Pathology podcast. Okay, I like this a lot. And this is because right now I'm a pathologist assistant, but before that I was a histotech. Um, and I remember that there's a lot of time that goes into checking each slide, making sure that it's, you know, of the highest quality. And if this seems to be like, I could imagine years ago having this, that would have saved so much time and so much energy, like with a lot of different people, because it, it does it it's it's automated like how is how is this developed like you go into a laboratory and how does it how does this how would this affect the workflow and then after that let's get into like some of the benefits of of, of doing it this way sure so with the workflow automated qc is fully embedded in uh your concentric solution within your laboratory. And so those slides are prepped, scanned, uploaded into concentric for research. Those images are sent for quality assessment. And then automated QC runs on uh, those images. You can either deploy it or set it so that it runs as images are uploaded to a repository uh, with no action needed. So once automated QC runs on an image, then either artifacts are detected or artifacts are not detected. Uh, if artifacts are detected, you can set aside those poor quality images uh, for rework as needed uh, or make a decision uh, that you want to pass them on regardless. Now, if artifacts are not detected, uh, those quality images can be ready for review in concentric by the pathologist. And if artifacts are detected, uh, that artifact and tissue annotation um, is available and can be exported to VisioFarm and Halo as well for use with any image analysis application. And then uh, beyond that, you have a number of benefits for the laboratory for that use of automated QC. 
As you've mentioned, um, you can catch slides uh, that need a rescan earlier in the workflow and present them to reviewers in a way that reduces overall review time. By reducing the need for pathologists to request reprep and rescan later in the workflow, the overall turnaround time is also faster. And then by reducing the time pathologists and technicians spend on slide reviews and rework due to missed quality issues, you can substantially reduce costs and reallocate resources to higher value efforts. And finally, automated QC also reduces the possibility of compromised images being introduced into the research process. The ability to identify slides and regions of images affected by artifacts helps to ensure that you have reliable data driving research efforts and also for training and validating machine learning algorithms, which is an increasingly common use case. So AI algorithms, they need to be trained on large data sets in order to be accurate. And I want to talk about this part then, because this is often a barrier to use uh, because laboratories don't have the the time or the or the availability of these data sets in order to train the, the AI. So can you talk about this aspect of ProSHA automated QC? Yes. So it, when we think about how an automated quality control algorithm is trained, it's trained on the validation data set. And so there needs to be variety in that data set to perform effectively with variable real laboratory data types. A solution that has been trained and tested on a limited data set is less likely to produce accurate outputs when it encounters the variability present in a real lab environment. Now, ProSHA's automated QC solution is trained and tested on a repository of over 70,000 whole site images, 500,000 tasks, and 2 million annotations. This performance is the result of a diverse and extensive data set, including six scanner makes, 49 organs, and 402 unique stains, including a distribution of H&E, IHC, and special stains. This is the most comprehensive and diverse data set used for any similar quality control solution to date. Prosha's validation process involved the assessment of approximately 10,000 whole slide images and demonstrated an average accuracy of over 96% and a sensitivity of over 99%. And the benefit of such robust training and testing is that the solution is more likely to have high accuracy on deployment, allowing the laboratory to start recognizing the efficiency and quality benefits immediately. Okay, so basically you get this into the laboratory and the AI is is already trained? Am I phrasing that correctly? Yes. So by training and testing on a very extensive data set, uh, we're more likely to see accurate outputs when the algorithm encounters the variability present in a real laboratory environment. Uh, And so that allows you to recognize the benefits of automated QC essentially immediately. Now, the reason why that's so critical is that if a solution is trained and tested on a limited data set, it's less likely to have those accurate outputs uh, when encountering the variability in, in your real lab environment. And so the solution might incorrectly detect when artifacts are or aren't present on your WSIs. And that poor, poor performance will prevent the usability of a solution, uh, eliminating the ability for your lab to recognize the benefits of your automated quality control solution. And ultimately, what we see uh, in that scenario is users don't trust the solution output. And in order to be able to trust your automated QC solution to serve your laboratory and create those efficiency and quality benefits, you would need to do a calibration step. And so to address a poor performing solution, the lab would need to allocate resources to manually curate hundreds or thousands of your own whole slide images and provide this data to your solution provider so that that provider can train the algorithm on your lab's data set to update performance and redeploy. 
uh, which can add a considerable amount of time to the deployment process, often months. And so Prosh's approach was rather than having this calibration step, uh, we want to minimize the risk of uh, needing that calibration step wherever possible. So in order to do that, we trained and tested on tens of thousands of images. And so that by encountering a multitude of data variables, our algorithm is more ready to reliably produce out-of-the-box good performance in most scenarios. And so by having that robust validation and testing, uh, we streamlined deployment by generally eliminating the need for that time-consuming calibration. And so you can be comfortable that when we deploy automated QC for your lab, we've encountered a number of variables that are likely to represent uh, the variables present in your laboratory so that you can start to recognize those enhanced data quality and workflow efficiency benefits in your lab. Okay, I can definitely see the benefits of that as far as the, the time savings and, and the, the money savings too and potentially saving, like you, know, like you mentioned, potentially months worth of work. Now, what about the validation process once you get the product into the lab? How does that work? Laboratories often validate automated QC by evaluating the performance of the algorithm on a selection of slides from their laboratory. The lab will then conduct a manual review to evaluate the accuracy and sensitivity of the algorithm compared to their manual quality review decisions. And the benefit of an evaluation is that it allows the laboratory to identify where the algorithm might be too sensitive or not sensitive enough, meaning it detects a specific artifact more or less often than the lab would like. With many automated quality control solutions, the lab has to accept the output of the algorithm. But with automated QC, the laboratory has the option to select from four configuration settings for each individual artifact, high sensitivity, medium sensitivity, low sensitivity, or disabled, meaning the artifact is never flagged. The laboratory can consider the evaluation results and decide what settings are most appropriate for their lab before automated QC is deployed. And some labs like to deploy automated QC and based on those results do the the change to their settings after the fact as well. Each lab is unique and your quality control solution should match. Okay. So another, another advantage here, the Prosha system, it's adaptable to your own particular laboratory. Like it's not like, okay, this is the product and you just have to adapt to it. The product adapts to you, which I like. Right. Rather than having a fixed output of the algorithm, uh, which can be challenging because you might have an artifact detected too often or not often enough for your quality control needs, you can select from one of the three sensitivity settings or disable it. For example, if uh, your lab wouldn't make any decisions differently uh, based on an artifact being present on the slide or can't change it. Uh, quite often that might be an artifact you want disabled. And so the ability to either disable and eliminate essentially the noise uh, that that creates in your workflow or to set a sensitivity that closely matches the decision for how often you would flag that artifact, uh, you're able to have that customization uh, for a quality control decision that meets your laboratory's needs. Okay, I like it. That makes sense. All right. So when talking about AI or artificial intelligence, there's always this fear that it's going to replace humans. And that's, you know, there are some pathologists, other laboratory professionals who that's why they don't want to use it because they think it's going to take away their jobs. But the more I learn about it uh, with conversations like this one, I see it as a tool to make us more efficient. And I, and I, I quote this 
all the time. And I wish I could find out where I, I read this, but instead of calling it artificial intelligence, it's supposed to be augmented intelligence, or that's kind of a better way to think of it. So would you, would you agree with that, that AI is more of a tool than a replacement, especially in regards to automated QC? Yes, I agree that AI and pathology more generally isn't going to replace people. It's all about helping them to practice at the top of their license, so to speak. When it comes to QC, one large research organization mentioned that it can take up to eight hours to QC 200 slides. And from discussions with multiple research organizations, I found that labs often dedicate between a half to one full-time employee per scanner to manually spot check each image. From comparison of manual quality review to a review aided by automated QC, the automated QC workflow is six times faster, representing about an 83% time savings. Now, automated QC represents a tremendous opportunity to have the technicians who would have been manually reviewing slides for quality issues focus more time on adding value elsewhere in the research process. That's good. Yeah. So a better, more efficient use of time. I like that a lot. And then the last thing I wanted to ask you, so we've been talking about the automated QC and AI with AI specifically, but I'm curious, can you talk about kind of Prosha's sort of broader vision for AI? Well, we've always said there's 10,000 problems in pathology uh, that can be solved with AI. Now, some of those can be solved with process automation solutions like automated QC that automate manual tedious routine tasks. Um, Others benefit from new insights that AI applications are able to unlock. We see the impact of these when it comes to biomarker identification solutions like PDL1 and many of the diagnostic aids that exist today. And we also recognize that no one company is going to build them all. Our vision is that research organizations and laboratories are leveraging a broad portfolio of AI applications, some developed by vendors like Prosha and others that they develop themselves in routine operations to recognize the full impact. That's why our concentric platform, which powers routine operations, is designed to incorporate AI applications developed by Prosha, other third parties, and our customers. Okay. Okay. I like it. That's great. And I like this sort of collaborative uh, atmosphere around that is, you know, approaches working with other companies, L- like you mentioned, kind of the, what would you call it? An open environment? Uh, it's a open environment and really an ecosystem uh, yeah. that we're building. Yeah. I like it. That's great. That's a great uh, vision for the future. And uh, Casey, this has been a real interesting conversation to talk about your role with ProSha and just AI in general, which I think AI and pathology, I could probably talk about that for days at a time. So I appreciate appreciate your time. I appreciate learning more about you. Uh, Casey Wall, thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Appreciate you having me today. If you're looking for another episode of the People of Pathology podcast to check out after this one, It seems like it should be one that I actually mentioned in today's episode. So here's a preview of my conversation with David West of ProSha talking about how pathology data is driving innovation. The value of going digital is not just about moving from microscope to monitor. It's what you can do with this data. And the promise of precision medicine lies in that, in how computers and people and this data can come together. And... The reality is there have been really exciting developments in the pathology AI space, and yet we are very early in that trend. We expect to see decade to, a decade to decades of innovation in applications enabled by deep learning being applied to this new kind of data medium. And we expect those applications to be simple at first 
uh, but over time to perhaps be multimodal in nature, combining molecular information with image information, maybe with radiology, etc. You can hear the rest of my conversation with David West in episode 130. All right, great big thanks to Casey Wall. You know, recently I was talking with a group of pathologist assistant students at Drexel University, and one of the questions that came up was what kinds of things I was most excited about for the future of pathology. And honestly, my answer is technologies like this one. Like I have said many times before, it's an exciting time to be in the field of pathology. AI applications like Prosha's automated QC will enable us to be more efficient and more accurate and allow us to help even more patients. I think over the next few years, we're going to see a rapid expansion in the use of AI in pathology. I enjoy learning about these tools, and I also enjoy talking about them here so that you can learn about them too. Now, if you want to learn more about Prosha's automated QC, I'll have a link in the show notes to that. There's also a link to a blog post that Casey wrote about automated QC. And if you'd like to learn more about this show, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at People of Path, or just connect with me on LinkedIn. Thanks for continuing to share the show with others. And I see you in Germany and India and Turkey. Thank you all for listening. Hey, together, let's inspire the next generation of pathologists and laboratory professionals. This show is a member of Health Podcast Network, which connects listeners with conversations and stories about health, care, and well-being. You can find a link in the show notes to Health Podcast Network. And while you're there, check out some of their other interesting podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Dennis Strank, and I'll talk to you next time on the People of Pathology podcast.